Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we're continuing Anna's unit, um, the first and last of its kind, on a, an author, where we're just doing an author. It's just yeah. an author, and we're reading some books by that author. And that She's author, so all-encompassing. That <laughs> author is Nora Roberts, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who is... A woman, a legend, yes. um, but neither of us had ever read before this. Yeah, which is wild because she's written like 200 something books. 225 romance novels, apparently. And we are big romance readers. You would think this would and be And you would my think alley. we'd accidentally stumble upon at least one of her like fantasy ones or something yeah. at some point, but no. No, it just never has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, since this is about an author, there's not too much history that's not like biography i guess Mm -hmm. um but we started this unit with uh midnight bayou which was in the early 2000s um and so we've moved now to uh irish thoroughbred which is the first uh book that she had published i believe yeah and she wrote it in uh the late 70s and it was published in 1980 mm-hmm. um with or 1981 with, i'm sorry with silhouette romance which i didn't realize was like a like i don't know if they called it a, this back then but like a sweet romance imprint of silhouette mm. who no longer exists i don't think or was like maybe probably purchased by harlequin because harlequin is now the big like grocery store yeah line of books so um, and i guess that's kind of also the the um part of this that maybe would be why we haven't really read Nora Roberts because yeah at least her older stuff we know well I was (laughs) (laughs) it needs to be fucking um no I was gonna say like (laughs) although we're both romance fans I don't think we were ever like I never read um like mass market paperback romances really yes me either uh that was always something that was uh, you know when you're you're a younger shitty teenager and you make fun of shit like mm-hmm. that was one of those like mm, I'll never that's so lame I'll never read that how desperate to to read a romance novel and then by the time I was like I fucking love romance novels uh this was not the direction I like I don't read a lot of traditionally published romances I don't think yeah well and I do but I feel like mine are almost all um like not we know what oh, tropes we know. Like. You know, yeah. I feel like maybe yeah. it's just that I get them on the internet versus a grocery store is yeah, kind of what I'm not. thinking. <laughs> and and grocery stores don't really like they don't they don't do that as much anymore. Like they they it's kind of gone the way with magazines, right? Like yeah. they might have the aisle next to the greeting cards, but or like they still sell them at like Targets and WalMarts and those like book sections. Yeah. There's always a mass market paperback, mm-hmm. and I think that usually like you know there's still some at bookstores and at like you know uh uh, oh yeah airports i feel like still do this is definitely an airport read for sure yeah it's just a different vibes i feel like it's just a different vibe yeah Yeah. and i feel like i was really like an older romance reader like this was just Mm -hmm. not my generation of romance yeah this is not where i came up in romance yeah and i i feel like uh, were you scared going into this book um, I, I had a little faith knowing how absolutely bonkers uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Midnight Bayou was. I was like, maybe maybe she's going to love the horse. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> I think the more I read, the more I was like, oh, no, it's one of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't really scared until until it started. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> and I, I feel like I had the opposite mm. feeling because I was so like this was written in the 70s published in Mm -hmm. the 80s like by a stay-at-home mom there is gonna be consent issues there is gonna be sexism maybe racism like i was ready for all of that Mm -hmm. so then 
it definitely had that, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. There simply were no people of color. So that kind yeah. of racism was absent. Yeah. And it was like. <laughs> it was just racist in a different way, I guess. The consent was bad. <laughs> it but... was extremely rough. There was a point where I was like, if I could put this book down, I would forever. Yeah. But <laughs> at the same time, it wasn't as bad as some of the books from that time period. Yeah. Um, and so certainly I don't know. some books beyond and beyond certainly. that we read today. Yeah, certainly where I, I do feel like um, it was gross to read, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like as mad with Nora Roberts about it. I feel like where I was like, well, it's it's kind of tame for this time period. Yeah. And part of that might be, I guess, the sweet romance of it all. But like, was it actually so because they did fuck. I guess it was they kind did, of fade to black. They did, but they were married when yeah. they fucked. Oh, is that and the rule? it was fade to black. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What did you think, like, overall? Like, you said it was, it was, didn't enjoy it, wanted to put it down because uh, of those scenes. Because of the sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was not, like, the, it, not that that happened, but, like, the aftermath of it and how yeah. the, the main male character would then like react towards her and bring it up like he was not this guy sucks mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't even remember his name now travis i think travis grant sucks he's bad not a he's, good man no and i felt i felt like that was honestly the biggest like tonal difference to me between mm-hmm. that time period and this and it's interesting because midnight bayou which we also read was technically like the man sort of depending on how you parse it was the main character Mm -hmm. so it made sense that like the girl in that was kind of more of the like object of affection right Mm -hmm. but I felt like it was the same in this where I did not feel like she was trying to get me to like Travis I felt like she was trying to get me to like uh what's her face like I felt like Adelia yeah I felt like Adelia was more of the idealized like love interest type you know versus Mm -hmm. being the main character which is weird because she's definitely the main character and he's the love interest told from her point of view but third person it felt like it should have been from Travis's point of view because Adelia it's it was very Ken Barbie where Adelia is everything Travis is just Travis Travis just has money his job is horse his job is horse yeah yeah (laughs) as in he owns them not that he does anything (laughs) with them uh (laughs) yeah I I just didn't I didn't care about their relationship I thought there were some really like weird references to like her innocence and her mm-hmm. and her, her appearance like mm-hmm. there's definitely a line where he's like damn I didn't I wish you didn't look 15 and I was like <laughs> but see, and I feel like that could have been fine because it could have been I wish you didn't look 15 it's weird that I'm attracted to you I, I but I'm mm-hmm. so into your mind and it's just unfortunate that you are have the body of a teenager because that's gross like it could have it was not it was it's weird that you look 15 because that makes it so much harder to stay away from you yes and i'm like bro my guy you you need you've got so many you are 31 (laughs) what are you talking about yeah and again it was the weird thing of like oh because we went into this i think we i don't know if it made the cut of the episode where we talked about doing this book but we thought this was a historical yeah, I thought this was going to be like, uh, you know, the 1800s or yes, something. Yes, it's not. For sure. It's, it's not. Like the 1970s, I think. It's Yeah, it's very much contemporary for its time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's like historical to me. Yeah. But it's <laughs> not a historical. Historical the fact that it was written before I was born. Yeah. Um, but not intending to be. And I just, there was so much. And again, this was written eight years before, well, maybe even longer than that. Like maybe t- a decade before I was born. Um. Adelia is like, she's, it's like they, it's like they plucked her out of a historical mm-hmm. and we're like, surprised you've time traveled yes. to the 1980s disco is dead. But like, she was like, what is TV? What are clothes? I only have one clothes. You want me to have multiple clothes? What is money? How do, how do car? Uh, and I think <laughs> like some of that, I'm like, I think that that's us being historic like because it it isn't a historical but to us it is right where I'm like because I was thinking about it I'm like yeah I guess she wouldn't have seen that much money and like that sort of thing but I also feel like that is a common thing with um 
Irish and Scottish romance writers, especially when dealing with like up until pretty recently, I feel like a lot of modern books and movies and things like that that are set in Ireland and Scotland do portray them very much as like this country that is untouched by technology in like Mm -hmm. a way that is I'm sure semi-accurate in some places but not on the scale that uh writers often portray it and it yeah like she's out here like speaking Gaelic as a first language and like just is so blown away by like even a mall she was like mm. i've never seen so many people in one place before. yeah i'm just like and i'm like i i do not go to school i do think it's true that like in the 70s in ireland and scotland and probably some other places too even like even places in america that there would have been people who would be you know country mouse and mm-hmm. didn't have that much exposure because if you think about like how much we travel now versus how much you would have traveled in the 70s just like on a day-to-day basis and like and there was no social media to show there's you no social media right so i mean like i think some of it is probably accurate but some of it did feel very like she was like why didn't you just baby. make this a historical <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand. Like if that's what you wanted or and that slip that's fine again so much of it would have made it like less creepy some of the stuff and i know that's like kind of unfair to be like i'm fine with sexual assault threats in a historical but i am more fine with the hero not fully understanding consent in a historical than i am in a contemporary you know Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. still gross either way but like you can kind of have the hand wavy excuse of that was the time but Mm. like women were property then right but now i'm like Mm -hmm. this is weird because this was like not that long ago yes yeah and i don't know like the the main character the female lead in in midnight midnight bayou was so like headstrong and Mm -hmm. i guess i was just expecting something more like that and and while adelia does have like she has her irish temper quote unquote yeah uh, she is so just like she's like a baby she's Mm -hmm. a baby that can walk and talk and is 23 it's bizarre yeah and Travis it's, is a predator. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's it's a wild... It's not... It, and it's certainly not as wild as Midnight Bayou. Yeah, no. There was no... The, the, ghost, the ghost didn't appear in this one. This was a straight, just normal romance. There was a bit of a, like, oh, we're kicking it up a notch moment. Um, thinking of the trope that yes. appears which, halfway through, which I was like, back up in it, but then yeah, it was, it was I was like, lame. finally, we have some plot, but <laughs> yeah, overall, I mean, it there wasn't much going on. Yes, it, if you like horses, I like recommending this. If you like horses, uh, mm-hmm. very interested in especially like the Kentucky Derby. Uh, scene, uh, this might hold some interest for you there because there's a lot of stuff about horses. In this one, yep. Horse Girls, this is your romance, is possibly. Your if you also identify with being a baby. Yeah, if you're a baby. a 31-year-old man. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'd recommend it if... I, I feel like so many of the times when I recommend stuff, it's like, well, if you're interested in it for scholastic reasons. But, like, mm-hmm. if you want to try a this style of book from this, like, time period, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of the mass market paperback kind of realm i think this one isn't as bad as a lot of them are um in terms of the consent and like how we viewed male leads having to be a certain way and um you know there's there's a lot lacking in the that department here but also Mm -hmm. there it's it's not as bad as it could have been so i don't know like maybe if you want to see what the vibes were for like mass market paperbacks you maybe check this out i don't know yeah but that's such a weird like who is looking to do that you know <laughs> nora stands out there yeah i guess read it i don't know read it it's the first one that got published so yeah um <laughs> what else you've been reading um well okay so since this was not a historical and i was all hyped for a historical i had yeah, to go find yeah. some historicals to read um, so I feel like I'm in another historical era now because you know that sometimes I get on these kicks. Yeah, um, for sure. But I got two that are both 
shaping up pretty good. I'm not done with either of them. One of them I'm listening to and one of them I'm reading. Um, mm-hmm. But Aphrodite and the Duke by J.J. McAvoy, which um, I had seen like mixed reviews about and I hadn't like looked into it too much further. And I think I understand what the mixed reviews are, are about now because um, it's a black lead in a historical and mm, everyone is shitty about that because nice. um, i it's nice, i mean awful yeah it's really cute if you like the bridgerton tv series and we're like i'm gonna go read the bridgerton books because i love this cool diverse cast and kind of like alt history or you know like take mm-hmm. on the nobility and whatever um, but then you went and looked at the Bridgerton books and were like, oh, none of that is actually there. That's and just also something. Julia Quinn is and also Julia there. Quinn sucks. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So like if that was your your life and you're looking for something that is like that sort of, uh, yeah, there's just black people here and it's fine. And they have happy romantic stories. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's great. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one that I'm reading is a author I've recommended a lot, but um ruby dixon no not ruby dixon because she doesn't do <laughs> historicals uh courtney milan historical aliens <laughs> courtney milan uh she's oh, yes. got Classic. i think it came out last year the the marquee who mustn't um but yeah i'm not super far into that one either but like courtney milan has never steered me wrong so mm. it's good how about you what have you been reading um, I read a uh, novella recently mm. uh, called Tread of Angels by Rebecca Roanhorse, ah. which is a, uh, I don't want to say a, too much about it because I don't want to give anything away, but essentially is this, uh, it's kind of a historical, kind of has a little bit of steampunk vibes, but it takes place in a world where uh, like angels and demons exist and Mm. everyone is like either descended from angels or demons and that kind of like dictates their place in society. And this one girl who is uh, halfsies, she, her sister um, gets accused of murder and is taken away and she is on a quest to save her sister and it was very it was a wild ride for 200 200 pages good it was good uh and again i don't want to say a lot about it yeah because it's one of those it's one of those yeah you just got to go along for the ride Um, i mean i am adding that to my tbr right now do it do it it's good (laughs) um but yeah that's that's what i read oh i'm also rereading percy jackson because the tv show Mm. um and i'm very much enjoying the tv show and also my reread of Percy Jackson. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I feel like I should finish the Percy Jackson second series because I never actually did Heroes mm. of Olympus. Yeah. Or, because now yeah. there's new um, new books out where Percy's yeah. like a senior in high school. And I'm like, damn. What? He's going off up. to college. Yeah. He's a big Our kid. Percy. Our Percy. Our little boy. Our little boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah uh that sounds fun and how yeah. you said the tv show's uh holding up i like it quite a bit i think the the child actors are all really good and they have good uh like chemistry with each mm. other and they've made a few changes uh like i appreciate with the medusa thing they made her they made it um a little bit more sympathetic to the whole like athena was maybe trying to protect medusa mm. storyline um and i like that and just like a couple other changes i feel like um are you know making it better for tv yeah. like oh obviously the books are have are they very gotten good. to the part where they explain that hitler is a demigod has that come um up yet? hitler has not been mentioned <laughs> in this disney plus television show for children we haven't gotten to hitler yet um we just they just uh the last episode i watched one was released yesterday as of our mm-hmm. recording i think it's like the fifth episode was released yesterday uh, so i haven't watched it yet but we just got through st louis okay from what i have watched so yeah, i think so you should be, be coming up to the hitler should be coming up to the hitler of it all <laughs> meeting uh fandom's favorite boy nico <laughs> god or is he in the second book i can't remember no, what he's in the nico. first book i think that's what because it's on the way to yeah uh, the west coast yeah, because he's in Las Vegas. No, Nico's not. I just read the first. I was like, I just, no, Nico's not in the first book, so I don't think we'll be seeing Nico. I so. have not watched the show, but I have seen like TikToks and stuff of people who um, are 
putting their predictions out and have mm-hmm. not read the books and some of them are very funny where it's mm-hmm. like you're gonna have a real rough time in a little bit <laughs> you're gonna yeah <laughs> there's gonna be some uh sad moments for you i think yeah yeah the only the only tiktoks i've seen are people like people who have read the books uh enjoying the upcoming betrayal by the mm-hmm. character who does the betrayal yeah i think that's and that's like, what a lot of people are getting wrong in the uh yeah yeah <laughs> prediction space <laughs> uh, but anyway those are good those are good medias check them out there's here's one that's not aged well that we're about to talk about <laughs> what happens in this almost nothing almost we nothing. have a girl adelia who goes sometimes by d and she uh has lived her entire 23 years of life you would think based on this book uh on a farm never has left the farm hasn't gone to school has no friends i don't know did did people have to go to school in the 70s i would would hope it would have been like the 60s though she grew up in the 60s that's true but when did school become compulsory i don't know in ireland let's see uh compulsory school in ireland um uh, okay this is just telling me now when they are going to go to school okay history um free upper level education six to sixteen it looks like it was the late 60s that mm. people had to go to school. So she might have missed that. In like to upper level school, like second level. Oh, so, so she had to go to some She school. probably went to like um, whatever they call it in Ireland, but like kindergarten, first grade, mm. second grade sort of situation. Like situation. I, the way the book would have you believe it, though, is that Adelia only ever talked to three adults. Mm-hmm. And wrote letters to one. She and talked two to of her them mom and dad, <laughs> who died in a car now. accident when she was ten. And then she was raised reluctantly by her aunt, who was not a woman who seemed to enjoy children. And then her aunt had a stroke, and uh, Adelia had to care for her until she died six months later. And then she could no longer afford the farm, so she sold it and immediately moved to the United States to live with her uncle patty because of course mm-hmm. and uh he he they i from what i can tell wrote one letter back and forth to each other but maybe they've been talking for a long time the novel was not very clear but he immediately tells her that like now that my older sister is dead your place is here with me as your only living family member and he takes her in like i liked patty patty was a very nice like grandfatherly personality i enjoyed him as a character i didn't really have complaints so disagree you didn't like patty i don't know i felt he was so weird and creepy like Mm. the whole because you know what it was was the i was and it wasn't when he said this but like up until this point there was a lot of like him commenting on her beauty and like Mm -hmm. um just being like very oh you've grown into such a fine lass and like you know ways that like aren't necessarily creepy but to me were like Mm -hmm. but then like he said he had said multiple times how much she reminded him of her mom and then we get the revelation from him where he was horny for her mom and i'm like oh god damn it patty why I think to me, Patty, Patty came off. He was like kind of a proud dad. And the only thing to be proud about with Dee was the fact that she was beautiful because she really doesn't have anything else going on. She's for her so good at her. horse. She's an animal whisperer. Yeah. So he was like, look at my beautiful niece who can who is good with horses. And those are the only two things he could say about her because she has no other personality. So that that to me, it was kind of like a fatherly grandfatherly vibe. Yeah, for me. I definitely think that but was I did what it was totally supposed forget. to be. About the comparison to her mom. Yeah. Uh, and that is that is questionable. Yeah. Patty? I'm just like, it, it would have been fine. I probably, because I was at the point where I was like, no, this is fine. He's just, he, like, it weirded me out at first, but like, it, it's fine. It's just me reading too critically or whatever. And then he dropped that and I was like, mm, now I'm not sure. Now I'm sus again. Patty, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> And it's like it's like in the same scene where she lays her head in his lap and I'm like 
that's I don't know. That's not something I would do as a 23 year old with an uncle I'd met twice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's weird vibes to me. Their relationship was very like she was close. a child. Yeah. Like there was. And again, this is just how she is, because apparently she is just a baby. Yeah. Uh, so I thought the weirdness was kind of on her end. But it was, I guess, to me, kind of forgivable because she Patty maybe was trying really hard to be like this gentle presence in her life mm-hmm. that she'd never had before. Uh, presumably and I don't I don't know I don't know I don't want it to be sinister because I did like their relationship (laughs) I don't think it was sinister I think that it was just a couple things that were added that I was like why did you add that because now it Mm. makes me think it's sinister but it wasn't you know again like if this was a historical novel it would maybe make more sense yeah maybe it's just like a little weird in the 80s to be like I am the, I don't know, like the patriarchy of it, you know? Yeah. I, I think if they'd maybe done more background with yeah. developing their relationship. Like, she's literally like, I just wrote a letter. I had to tell Patty because his, you know, next of kin. And then he said to move in with him. And that right. was like, like, if, I don't know if they've had an ongoing pen pen pal relationship for years and years and years. It's yeah. hard to say. Uh I I have to imagine they do though for this amount of closeness. Yeah, and I mean like he he has a couple lines of like why didn't you tell me this was going on, which I guess could be read either way of like why didn't you write to me at all ever or like why mm-hmm. didn't you why say didn't this in one of your, your many letters? letters? Yeah, you yeah. know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just the the tying it to I thought your mom was sexy and then I think you look a lot like your mom just takes it to a weird <laughs> zone for me. Your mom was the only woman I ever loved. Yeah. And then she chose my younger brother. So yeah. that's probably why I moved to the United States to get away from them. Yeah. <laughs> and like at, at first I was like, oh, is this going to be super progressive where she's like, why didn't you ever find a woman? And I was like, oh, is Patty going to be, you know, this is, is he going to be a, a friend of Dorothy's is here? He like, what's tilt? up? <laughs> I saying hand tilt because you can't see us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it wasn't that. It was that he was in love nah, with uh, he's just, her, uh, her mother. He's just one of those old bachelors, you know? Yeah. You know, definitely not gay. There's nothing here to presume his sexuality because he is sexless. <laughs> There's nothing at all that would imply that he enjoys anything about romance. So yeah, so she she moves in she moves to the United States with her uncle Patty. I think they live in he lives in Virginia. He works on this large horse farm that has like a humongous manor on it, and he lives in a house on the estate. Uh, whether or not he owns his house, hard to say. Uh, I don't know how much the trainer of racehorses. A lot, I think. They do? Okay. I would would believe this then. There was also the line, though, from um, uh, him about Travis, about, like, that Travis is good with investments and he's helped Patty like get mm. some of his money. Oh, so he's invested money as well. Yeah, so he's he's made a few investments to get his money. Uh, Look at them, Wolf of Wall Street yeah. it up here. But also I would believe that it would be not owned by him and it was just like Travis is like, hey, just live here because you're basically family. Yeah, you're my dad. You're my surrogate dad. Because, spoiler alert, Travis had abusive parents. So. I don't know, but I think his mom died young. His mom something. died died or something yeah i I feel like his mom died but he did not have good parents um so uh he yeah he brings her to live with her to live with him and he's like you don't have to work anymore girl you can just like live and be free and take a break because you've worked your entire life and didn't have a childhood and she's like no no because the thing about me is i love to work and if i can't work i have no purpose in life because i didn't have a childhood and don't know anything besides working uh so you must put me to work and patty is like i don't know because travis might look at me funny if i hire my niece for a job like for some reason, he thinks the wealthy, rich, the like the generational right. wealthy boy would be afraid of a little nepotism. I don't know. Maybe it was just um, the the woman of it all. Like, yeah, he's gonna trust yeah. my judgment of judgment if I hire abroad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who can say? But they get there, and she immediately is able to calm this very wild stallion of a mm. horse, and everyone is awed by her ability to simply whisper into a horse's ear and calm it down. And she's hired on the spot to be a groomer groom yeah yeah a groom groom. yeah um and um 
I, I don't know. I felt like she did a lot of things that weren't grooming the horse. So I'm like, what is your job title? I believe grooms do more than groom the horse. Um, like they take care of the horse, which includes exercising and cleaning it. And because um, I think the exercise thing was the main thing that she was doing. Yeah. And I think that is normal for a situation in which someone owns a horse but does not actually ride the horse. You know, because someone has to like do stuff with the horse, take the horse out for enrichment. Yeah, let me. See. I'm just. I want to see. I want to see what all their jobs contain. Grooms. Oh yeah, let's see their salary. <laughs> okay, thanks. Grooms care for horses. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, they work at the stables, responsible for feeding, grooming, and exercising the horses. Okay. Also, their median pay, and this is in 2023, so I don't know. Their median pay is $22,000. Travis must have been paying well above the median because or she, she was saw, just very poor. She was extremely poor. She got her first paycheck, and she was like astounded that anyone could ever have that much money at one time. And yeah. I was like, it couldn't. It couldn't have been that. It couldn't have been that much. Yeah, but, she but came I feel from like a poor most background. of the time, grooms are like. Like, I feel like that's a teenage job to have, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, because you want, like, a small body that can get in the stalls and, yeah. like, not and, spook the horses, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and that might I don't know. Uh, be why they are so very lowly paid, because, yikes, that's not very much money for yeah. having to take care of an expensive-ass animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, the, the horse's name is Majesty, and I was like, I'm pretty sure no racehorse is allowed to like the racehorse names are like only one horse can have that name yeah so it was probably so how did they was, how did they get majesty it was probably like a long ass name like his majesty's left hit or something probably and yes. it was just the majesty was because that's like a thing with racehorse names is they'll give them like nicknames yeah yeah but they never did reveal what his full they name never was. revealed so the only thing i can assume is that they 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 had the first the and only one majesty. and only majesty for yeah. s- somehow also for they somehow. said the thing in here that i was not aware of that was that all like thoroughbred horses have the same birthday yeah they just are official which i guess like would be similar to like school years right like of like it doesn't really matter when exactly you were born it's just if you are this if you were born during this year you count as one right mm-hmm. um so I guess that's kind of because like for races and stuff, I guess instead of being like, well, this horse is going to turn one right after the race. So like, can he be in the race? Like, you know, I guess that's probably mm-hmm. why they do it. But mm-hmm. that's wild that all horse, all thoroughbred horse, horses have this. I can't say horse. Thoroughbred horses have the same birthday. Yeah. Easy to remember. You know? January 1st. Just one day of presents for all of yeah. them. Just get all your horses their present. Get all your horses. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one big party. <laughs> horse party uh, it's like a the, house party but horses yeah 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 <laughs> uh, uh d d and travis uh they they don't get along at first they're they're kind of button heads all the time mostly because travis thinks d is hot when she's mad yeah they don't get along in a sexy way yeah, so per- it's it's basically Travis is purposefully goading d into yelling at him and he gets off on that um so after horny for it it's so horny like after a while he just starts picking her up against her will and kissing her okay this was in addition to it being against her will and like yeah. bad consent yeah but again this was like the level of bad consent that i expect from this time period of like he just kisses you without asking you know like mm-hmm. okay whatever but the thing that was like weird to me about this was that it was so early in the book, right? I was like, where is the like, tension? Yeah, almost immediately. Where is the longing? Where is the wondering if he liked? Because that, that became like a thing where she was just like, I'm in love with him, but I don't know how he feels about me. I'm like, he's been making out with you since he's like loved the since jump. Day one. He's yes. at least horny for you. And the yeah. fact that you don't understand that is concerning. He had to convince you. He had to, he had to trick you into liking him back. Yeah. I'm just like, why... Why is this not? And she doesn't even like question why he's doing it. She's never like, that was so weird. Why? Sure. Like she never, she never has the thought of like, 
well, he must just be, you know, trying to get his rocks off with whoever is available. Surely he doesn't like me. It's Mm -hmm. always just like he picks her up, kisses her. She has no reflection on it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And then like later will be like, Travis doesn't love me. And I'm like, you need to. It's like you're not even registering that he keeps making out with you in a barn. Like Mm -hmm. she's baby. She's baby. She thinks that's how the rich greet each other i guess how they end arguments when they're done fighting they just make out (laughs) it's just like so weirdly like sexless almost in like a we got to check off 18 kisses in this book but we're not going to have any of the fun part (laughs) which is to me in a romance book because i'm not reading a romance because i like descriptions of kisses yeah no that's weird it's the tension it's the tension and the the like journey to the romance yes and the like wondering what is going on in the other person's head at least you know yes yeah yeah but it's just like none of that happens she's just like well, he kissed me, and I'm mad about it for now. But I I'll hate be, that that happened. I hate it happened, but I'll be totally over it tomorrow, and I won't think about it anymore even a little bit. She describes it so weirdly. Let me see if I can find it in the book, because she's like, it awakened. Uh, it always awakens. It always awakens something. Uh, yeah. It, it, uh, it, she always refers to it as an ache that has been awakened when he kisses her. It's like, um, and it's just like... You're you're experiencing being horny for the very first time. Good I job. Mean, who you're else going through puberty be... at the age of twenty three. Who else is she gonna be horny for? Her aunt? Her aunt. One of the pigs? No. <laughs> yeah. The horses maybe. The way she talks about them, I don't know. I don't know. Um but yeah, so so then they they do this this fucking and fighting. No, they don't fuck. They they kissing and fighting situation, and uh, then then another one of the grooms gets drunk and forces himself onto D, and uh, it is about to to reach the the very pivotal moment, and then Travis comes in and beats this man near to death with his fists, uh, and is like she's like don't you'll murder him. And Travis is like, well, yeah, no shit. And she's like, no, we mustn't. And he's like, well, let me call the police. And she's like, no, don't no. do that either. Because want- if Patty finds out, he'll feel responsible. And I can't have him being sad. He's my only family member left. Love and I was it. Like, let- Travis, please just call the police when her back is turned. Like, <laughs> or kill him. <laughs> or kill him. Or finish killing him. Just and Travis do. has this very ominous line of he's like, I have some people I can call that can get rid of him. <laughs> Yeah, like, so okay, he probably so he is does gonna die. Kill him. <laughs> we never see this man again. He was fully like... murdered by Travis's bodyguards. I feel like we're secretly in a mafia romance and don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. D is just too stupid to realize it. <laughs> this was just so off putting in general because, again, like the kisses, like the non consensual kisses, it didn't add anything really. Like, and it doesn't I, affect her at it all. It doesn't going affect forward. her. It doesn't make her think, like, oh, he was so like angry on my behalf. Maybe there's something, some other She's reason. So stupid. She just doesn't. She doesn't ruminate on it at all. Which like, no. I don't love the the. No, because what was the point of having this traumatic scene? Right, but I'm I'm saying I don't I don't love if there was the traumatic scene in it. Even if she was then like, yeah, horny for Travis beating him up or because like that's gross. Because that's gross. Or like you know had any reaction to it in regards to Travis. Mm-hmm. But like there wasn't any. She didn't. She didn't. This it didn't totally prompt her to nothing. think about anything. It was literally just so the audience could be like, hmm. That man punched a man for her, and so I love it, and I'm horny for it. And I'm it like, was extremely nothing. I don't want you to make me horny. I don't want you to be trying to make me horny. You should be trying to make the characters horny, and mm-hmm. then we enjoy that like vicariously. <laughs> but don't be, don't be having him be like a macho man because you think I want it. Like, yeah, that's no. weird. It's extremely weird that the- <laughs> Dean's so. D like doesn't care about anything he does. She has no opinions does. on anything yeah. except horses. Except horses. And like she knows, she eventually comes to realize that she is in love with Travis. Mm-hmm. But like but never only even, after he repeatedly kisses her against her will. And never really has an opinion about like what she wants to do about that. Or like, why she loves Travis. Or like he's her boss and like she can't because he's her boss. Like that would yeah, be a she, normal. That thought never crosses her mind. Yeah. That'd be like a normal conflict for this book, but she does. There's no conflict. It's just like, yeah. 
she or what will patty think of me dating this man yes he or like works I, for yeah or like oh i know patty respects him so much and i don't want i don't want like anything to come between him and patty like anything yeah yeah it, there's literally no reason for her to not just be like yeah let's fuck because <laughs> she's horny for him he's horny for her she doesn't know what it means she when, doesn't know what it means i guess but she doesn't she feels that warmth in her she, center she doesn't think about it at all so it's just like God. i don't know it, it was uh, very weird i was like is there a plot no no <laughs> and they start to go to horse races. They go to the Preakness. They go to the the uh, Kentucky Derby. They go to the Belmont. Majesty wins. Such a good horse because Dee can whisper to him about winning. We get a few and more um, him being jealous of her maybe potentially dating someone else. His and jockey. she doesn't, she again doesn't think about it even a little bit. No, it doesn't occur to her at all that that is even like. She's like, oh, that's that's so silly. Um, this man has another girlfriend, and I don't know. It's it's just like it's nothing. Nothing registers for her. Yeah. And the other thing I was gonna say, I forgot about the whole like aftermath of the essay is like almost like a, maybe the next chapter. He's back Travis, to kissing like, her against a wall. Yes, he picks her up against her will. She says, "Put me down," and he says, "In a second. And then he kisses her for hours. Bro, she was just assaulted. She in was just basically assaulted. like. I guess the difference is that he, like, I, I think that is in the 70s, 80s understanding of rape. Like, because the other guy was drunk, that's why it was bad. So if he wasn't drunk, it would have been okay. <laughs> I guess if Great. he wasn't drunk, he would uh-huh. have known that she wasn't into. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't, wh- I don't understand. Know, he's dead. I feel like having that scene of um, him being in there and attempting to rape her and everyone being horrified by it makes it way worse, all of his bullshit. I guess it's just because he was only doing kisses and that doesn't count. That's fine. Or it's just because they're horny for each other. But I'm like, he has no way of knowing that. And in fact, he, hasn't, he, sh- he should be more taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem to think that he she is into him. Yeah. So it's like they're he's literally the same as this other guy. I don't it's well, And then he throws it back in her face later too mm-hmm. when she's like I can take care of myself and he's like you couldn't take care of yourself when that guy was essaying you and she was like wow Travis and he's like you're right that was too far and then they just move on and I'm like no 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 none of this is good or okay. I need everyone to just sit down and have a talk about what enthusiastic consent looks like yes please please uh but then patty has a heart attack um he's so overcome with excitement of majesty winning uh no they've been making hints the whole book like patty you look sick and he's like oh no i'm just getting old and and then finally he has a heart attack in an airplane so he has a heart attack on an air on a on the private jet that travis owns and travis is like i'm gonna call ahead to have an ambulance ready to meet us at home like, they're flying from Long Island, where Belmont is, back to Virginia. And he's like, we're going to wait till we get back to Virginia to get this man to a hospital. We're not going to do an emergency landing. He's going to wait here on the floor of my jet. And then we'll call. We'll have an ambulance meet us. So then he'll have to wait even longer after that to get to a hospital. I'm like, that was, it's very lucky he didn't die, I guess. <laughs> uh, this, I, I, I read Hatchet. I know how quickly that can happen. Shit. Poor Brian. <laughs> Then anyway, he survives. But but it's it's real close for a second there. They're like, will Patty live? Will Patty die? I don't know. But Travis is like, the only way to ensure that Patty lives is-, is for us to have a marriage of convenience because he he is very concerned about who will take care of you. And a 23-year-old adult woman who was working a farm by herself in a previous life, who will take care of you once he's dead? And, and the I think only if- way to... to- assuage him that i will do that this man who he we you know have find out either before this or after this at some point has basically raised this guy as a son like like Mm -hmm. patty has been travis's father figure for 20 years now and the only way to ensure that he 
will believe that I will take care of his niece is not to just say, don't worry, Patty, she will be taken care of. I've got it. It's yeah, to, I'm rich. I will give her I, money. I, it's fine. I'll yeah. set up a trust for her or, you know, just give her money. Yeah. Um, it's to say we're going to get married. Like, no, that's no. silly. That's very silly. Also, how weird is it for Patty to be like, I can't wait for my Love two f- children to get married yep. to each other. <laughs> yep. And like, <laughs> also to just be like, that's that's great and i love that would make sense in a historical where it's like uh yes the only way a woman can truly be taken care of is if she is married to someone who can take care of her but like it is i believe the 80s and i understand you're from ireland and very catholic but like i don't think that having lived with this guy and raised him from being like a 10 year old that you would need that assurance and it would be weird like it it isn't like up to this point patty has been like well i know that you like working with the horses but i just want to see you settled down and married last like there's none of that no he's fully um, in in support of her having a career of her own so this doesn't make any sense it makes zero sense and the fact that it works that he makes a huge recovery after they get pretend well for real married in front of him at his hospital bed he's like oh now i can instead of being like oh now i can die in peace he's like oh now i can live another probably 30 years like (laughs) like this whole thing the only way this all makes sense is that it was a fake heart attack and Patty he, was just yeah, wing he He's like the only way for these two to ever get their shit figured out because D doesn't understand anything, and Travis is too proud. The well, only way is if I fake a heart attack. He plotted it with Travis, and that's why oh. uh, they were oh. worried on the plane. <laughs> I hate this. I hate that. <laughs> they were like, "Listen, I really want to fuck your niece, but um, she's just uh, she's so hard to." approach She's like i know i know she doesn't understand what it means to be horny uh i'll help you out my son listen when i have a heart attack don't worry it's not a real one you I'll don't be... need to rush me to an ambulance or a hospital <laughs> i'll be a weird ass wingman to you my son <laughs> but i mean like she goes she doesn't question it either because she doesn't question anything she's because just, she doesn't know shit she, she's oh, just like baby He's just like, we got to get married and then we'll have an, he's like, she, she's worried because she's Catholic and can't get divorced. And he's like, it's okay. We'll have an annulment. And she's like, okay, that will never consummate our marriage. And she's like, okay. Okay. That was my only concern. And even that I'm like, in any other romance novel, I feel like that would have been a moment where she's like, oh, he's not interested in consummating it. Like, I mean, I guess that's good, but man, I kind of wish, like you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Of like, or, or like being be like, like to consummate a marriage with Travis. Grant. Yeah, or being like, I guess Horse he really, magnate. I guess he really does just see me as a little sister who he's marrying in a order to appease year my old girl that yeah. he's grossed out by. <laughs> but like, it's nothing. She's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was my only. That was my, was only, my only block concern. to this plan was the divorce of it all. But sure, yeah. Yeah, I have no no further thoughts about any of it. Yeah. And so then then they have like a couple chapters of the the marriage of convenience where she's all like she's insecure because now that they're married, it seems like Travis is keeping his distance and she wants this like close camaraderie that they had before where they were always fighting with each other. And which she's like, now he just treats me like I'm a beloved cousin or something. This is also wild because we find at the end, you know, to jump ahead a little bit, he says, like, I was never going to get an almond or divorce. Right. Yeah. This was I was trapping you in a marriage whole time, which gross but like first of all disgusting. very gross he was like do you do you know how hard i worked to pretend, <laughs> to to pretend you? i'm never gonna you? let you go is what he says in the book and like <laughs> that being gross aside if it if this had been he truly thought that was a way to help patty and he was like we are gonna have to get an element this all makes sense of him keeping his distance because it's like he already feels such love and he doesn't want to like burden her with that he doesn't want to make it complicated he knows she wants a divorce like or an annulment like so he's not gonna he's he's keeping his distance for that reason but if his plan is that they're together forever why is he not hanging out with her all the time mm-hmm. like i don't get it yeah he was like, I had to keep my distance because if I didn't, then I would have just been macking on you all day long. It's like, okay, but that's your plan anyway. And that hasn't been, yeah. that hasn't stopped you at all. Like I was, was going to trick you into loving me back, but like 
by never talking, never to, you. talking to you again. <laughs> okay. Always being gone when you walk into the room. Okay, weirdo. Like, <laughs> okay. Sure, that will work. Just give it 10 to 15 years. Uh, and then there's like this very brief this is this is the third act breakup i guess where so they they have sex um they do eventually have sex because d is real into thunderstorms and travis is really into d being into thunderstorms they do finally have a sex and then the next morning d's all happy she's like oh we're in love we're in love but then she goes downstairs and she hears travis talking to his former girlfriend who is like this just like very stereotypical rich talking to is a strong word also because he doesn't say anything for most of this conversation right yeah he she just basically makes a series of demands of like i left you and went off to europe because basically basically she wanted him to quit quit his quit horsing around job of collecting racehorses and then just like travel with her for the rest of their lives and spend all of his money and that was her plan and when he didn't want to go along with that plan because he loved his job of collecting racehorses so much uh she went off to europe in order to make him jealous then she heard about his new wife and she's like oh well you're just doing this to get me back and it worked but now you can divorce her because here i am um but so so D walks downstairs and she hears this part of the conversation and then she hears Travis being like, what do you mean divorce her? Like, walk me through your plan. And then instead of like staying to hear the rest of the conversation like any normal fucking person would, she just leaves <laughs> then. like, I gotta go. That, <laughs> assumes that Travis is going to divorce her, leaves him like this stupid ass note and then goes to the airport to fly back to Ireland to do what? I don't know because she doesn't have a home there. She's just going to fly back. Whatever. Just Travis, the way that she absolutely uh, even okay let's say you're like he's even entertaining this idea yeah i can't believe it what a dick right like that's wild so or or bust in just be like i want to hear the tea also which is obviously what he's asking because he wants to hear this crazy woman's plan yeah for like how she thought this was going to go down like i would absolutely want to know more details absolutely but like she's just like nope don't need to hear any more not even like a. he said the word divorce and so in context like not even not even the one that would imply he wants to get a divorce from you he's like what do you mean by divorce and she's like "Uh," he said divorce he could be asking for the definition because he got fucked so hard that he can't remember now he can't the sex was too good he doesn't even the the concept of divorce has left his mind he He doesn't know what it is anymore and then she just like she leaves a note for patty i think right yeah and and for him she leaves like notes for both of them that's like i'm going to ireland goodbye forever yes and it's just like i don't know why you thought that was a reasonable response especially considering like because she she's pissed about it because they just fucked right like she's like i thought that us fucking meant something and the fact that it didn't I'm so heartbroken. I got to leave. And I'm like, I understand that nobody in the 70s and 80s talked about their feelings. But that is wild to me to be like, even even if it wasn't like a fake marriage thing, even if it was just like, hey, we fucked and I felt like it meant something. And the way you're acting makes me think that you don't feel the same way to not be like, what's up? What's going on? Uh, like here's how I feel how do you feel it's yeah. so wild to me yeah. to be like I'm not gonna ask any further clarifying questions I'm well, just dipping even if he is gonna divorce her like she's gonna have to go and sign paperwork or right. something like you can't just vanish I mean like and I get that she's like because she has the thing of like I don't want any of his like anything to do with him right yeah. like i don't want any of his money i don't want any of these clothes that he bought me yada, but that's yada, yada. also wild babe like if you're that upset take his should, fucking you money. should be going for that 50 percent. honestly like, he has on. so much of it and you did not sign a prenup you got married within one second in front of your uncle's deathbed right like and he can't get the annulment now because yeah and half fucking. that money is now yours girl take it and run or be in love with him, whatever. Or be in love with him. One of the two. Like, One ask for an explanation two. or ask for 50%. Like, those are the options. Running off to Ireland is just 
a bad choice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so, but she doesn't even get to run anywhere. She gets to the airport and Travis is there already. I don't know how. I don't know. Because he read the (laughs) note. He read the note. He read the note and got there first. And And got there first. He rough, he like kind of like. Took his private jet to the airport. He took his private jet to the airport. (laughs) Uh, And he like grabs her real rough and he's like, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? And she goes, I'm leaving you. You read my note. And he goes, yeah. And it was stupid. It was Come stupid home you're now. Stupid. We are in love. And she's like, okay. And then they are. The end. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. <laughs> wild. It is really wild. And I don't I don't know what the next two books are going to be. I, maybe like one. There's no other Irish people for them to be about. All her family's dead. That's a great point. Let me look it up real quick. Like maybe Patty? I don't know. <laughs> Surely not. Uh, okay, so the second one, because spoiler, I'm not reading any more of these. Um, no, also same. The second one is called Irish Rose. Yes, and then Irish Hearts. And for some reason on Goodreads, the first thing it says is Cabbage Rose, Ambassador of Love. I don't what? know what that means. What? If that was like the original title of it and then they changed it so that it was a series, I'm not sure. Um, Brooke, <laughs> Burke Logan had traveled to a small Irish village to buy horses and found a spirited filly he refused to live, leave without, a freckled, fiery-haired beauty by the name of Aaron McKinnon. The rough and rugged stable owner offered her a job in America and Aaron bid goodbye to Skibbereen. She would keep his books in order, but how would she keep her heart from breaking? So it seems like exactly the same plot, except, except that he like goes a little mail order bridey. Yeah, he goes and picks her up from Ireland instead of her yes. just coming to America. And uh, then the third one, uh, I think Irish Rebel is about the daughter. Upon of... arriving at Royal Meadows Farm from Ireland, rugged horse trainer Brian Donnelly wasn't oh, Burke. Okay, yeah. I was like, it wasn't the last one, Brian too is stunned by the beauty of his boss's daughter, Keely Grant. And yeah. so, yeah, it's about their kid. So yeah. I'm assuming that Burke Logan works at the same. But no, it says he's the stable owner. So that one's just a, just random, a random different just stable a random owner who also falls in love with an Irish girl. Mm. Okay. Okay. But from the oh, same hold town on, that hold she on. was it's, from. Seven years after she left Ireland, Adelia has returned for a visit with her brood, husband Travis, three kids, and two on board. Wow, rough, rough. And a family friend, Burke Logan. So Burke is friends with them. Okay. And Aaron McKinnon is Adelia's lovely cousin, which I don't know how. She had no family, as we established in this book. I guess maybe her mom's family, who didn't have... Hidden family. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's um. That's that. Cool. cool. We'll never know. We're <laughs> we'll never, never know. Them. I'm not reading it. That's done now. Um, what's not done now is the rest of this series and also what we're reading next week. Yes. Uh, next week we are reading another Warrior Cats book with uh the third in the Dawn of the Clan series, uh the First Battle by Aaron Hunter. Mm-hmm. The week after that we will be. Continuing our Nora Roberts unit with the final in the series, uh, which we will be reading one of her slightly more recent ones. In in very recent years, she has not published quite as many just romances, and we wanted to do one that was more romancy, um, mm-hmm. as well as a lot of the recent ones being under a uh, publisher that uh, is not... Uh, super one we want to promote right now um and also one that's under 400 pages because apparently this woman is pumping out multiple 500 page books a year and that's incredible started writing those jd rob books and just really really went to town um but so it's going to be a book that is the first of a trilogy but in the same way that this irish series was a trilogy where i think it's you know standalones that kind of connect Mm -hmm. um and it will be the first of the Guardians trilogy written in 2015, uh, Stars of Fortune. Yes, looking forward to it. It was actually nominated for uh, uh, a Rita Award for Paranormal mm. Romance when it, and it when it came out. We've done The Bayou and we've done Here, but with Here, uh, we've done Virginia, we've done... but about an Irish girl. And now we're going to do The Greek Island of Corfu 
but Hell also yeah. the main guy is irish so she <laughs> has a type i guess nor i think she is she has irish heritage perhaps is that what it is that would make sense i think sense. so i think i read i that. hope let me, so let me see yeah otherwise it's like that's a weird it's thing like, to girl. latch on to otherwise um but i don't know i feel like that is a thing that some authors latch onto is like yeah because we talked about this during our like scottish time slip thing of the way that like scotland is kind of used as like a way to have a minority culture without having to deal with non-white people Mm -hmm. um in a very Mm -hmm. gross way right where i feel like that's kind of the same thing that happens with ireland a lot where people Mm -hmm. are like "Ooh, it's so like exotic but it's still well, from think, the UK. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. And I mean, I do think that there was a time in, in the US when when Ireland was very much seen as like a, a different, lesser yes, ethnicity. But not um, in but the also, time that we're now talking about. Yeah. Like, Apparently her parents have Irish ancestry and she has described herself as an Irish woman through and through. So Okay. Well. Whatever that means to you. Whatever that means. <laughs> She Wait. she identifies as Irish. She identifies as Irish. Um, but yeah, if if you have any uh, thoughts about Nora Roberts and her Irishness, you can <laughs> email us, shelfaworkast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those yet, you're not going to be going to Greece with us. That's for sure. <laughs> You'll never, you'll never know what these, what these Irish magicians are going to get up to next. Uh, if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Nora Roberts, Travis, she finally whispered against his ear, I'm wondering if you could arrange another thunderstorm. Girl. <laughs> Girl. The last line of this book. Ugh. At an airport. No, I at think an airport. By that, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Ugh.